What's up, you guys? It's your boy Squints here. Before we get this episode started, I just want to say this episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use code SQUINTS for 10% off your first order. That's code SQUINTS, S-Q-U-I-N-T-Z. I suggest getting the interview and episode uh, combo pack. I only paid $30 for that. And what it is, it's 50 cards in each pack where you can shuffle and it has various questions and episode topics that you can use. So go to poddex.com and use code SQUINTS for 10% off your first order. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Have a great day. Going on, my name is Everett, Everett Connors. Uh, so those that you don't know him, he's a professional wrestler uh, and a pretty good backyard basketball player from what I've heard. Unless wow. you ask, unless unless you ask Sean Orleans, Sean doesn't know shit. Are we allowed to cuss on here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Sean doesn't know shit. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into basketball and all that, I just want to ask you, what got you into wrestling? When, like, was it a match or a moment that just made you say you want to be a pro wrestler? Um, I don't know if there was ever. There's nothing off the top of my head that, like, I can remember. Um, But it was more so of, like, a buddy. Like, I was always into wrestling when I was a kid. But um, I didn't keep up with it a lot. And then I got into high school, like, freshman year. Um, Like, my best friend, he was huge into wrestling. And we took some computer class. And he got me way into it. And then that just kind of snowballed and we started talking about like how we should train. And so um, I always contribute me getting into wrestling because of my friend. He, he definitely got me into it. So you said you guys trained. Does he still wrestle? Yeah. It's a uh, Deacon, actually Deacon cash. He okay. wrestles. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So that was your freshman year. Yeah. That was my freshman year of high school. And we talked about like going a bunch of places. Like we were like, we'll go to fucking Atlanta We'll train there. We'll fucking move. And, of course, that never happened. We were just fucking dumb and young. Uh, then we found some place downtown that was really cheap. And that's yeah. what got us into it. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably, you ended up uh, sticking training in St. Louis. And you've I've mainly only seen you wrestle around St. Louis. And uh trying to think where else. You've wrestled for Proven Ground Pro, but that's is that close to St. Louis? Proving Ground Pro, I think that's in Minnesota, if I remember correctly. I think if I remember the Proving Ground Pro. Proving Ground Pro. No, is that fucking, that's fucking um, Southern Illinois, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking of something else, something pro battle. I'm thinking of battle something. Yeah, uh, Proving Ground PGP is in like Southern Southern Illinois, something like that, like 50 minutes away. Yeah, I was gonna Very say. I, I was gonna say. I don't think it was Minnesota because I think they, if I remember correctly, they uh, they did a partnership show with um, Glory Pro or something like that a couple of years ago, maybe. And yeah. I was, but uh, so when you were watching wrestling, you said you didn't watch it as much. You just watched it. Who was your favorites? Oh man, um, I've always been a fan of Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. I've always loved him. Um, obviously Shawn Michaels, I think everyone says Shawn Michaels, The Rock, but I've always, I've always liked Dolph Ziggler, just the way he performs and the way he carries himself. I would definitely say he's, he's a man in my eyes. Okay. Uh, you're, I always forget you're not that much older than me. So me and you probably share similar favorites and all that. Uh, (laughs) were you a ruthless aggression or are you more fan of Attitude Era? Oh, man. Shit. See, now, okay, so my wrestling knowledge is so shitty. So (laughs) you're going to have to, so attitude, you said ruthless aggression or attitude error? Yeah, so. Okay, so ruthless aggression, who, who, what was that? Was that like the John Cena shit? Yeah, that was like 2002 or three-ish until about 2008. 
and then Attitude was like 97 until 2002. 97 to 2002? That was Attitude Era. Oh, yeah, I did not. No, it was definitely Ruthless Aggression, though. I did not watch Attitude Era. I wasn't sure if you went back and watched, but... um, So, over quarantine, you weren't wrestling, obviously. Uh, Was there any matches that you watched? Like, for tape study or anything? Or what did you do over quarantine, I should say? Man, well, I've just been fucking chilling, bro. I've just been doing me. Basketball is mainly. Um, And working. I don't... I don't really, I know this is a wrestling podcast, so I'm going to sound really shitty when I say this, but I don't really tape study. Like, um, I'll watch, I've watched stuff here and there, like I'll watch like pay-per-views, but um, I've watched a lot of Orange Cassidy. Yeah, that leads me to this question, and I've seen you uh, say you want to wrestle him. Is that who your current dream opponent is, is to face him? Yes, absolutely. Orange Cassidy is for sure that. I feel like that match in Sporting Hall, I think the crowd would eat it up, 100%. Oh, yeah. Well, because Orange is so good, you can carry me. So, yeah, that dude is so fucking good. And he's so fucking entertaining. And people don't realize, like, just because he fucks around, that dude can go with anybody. He's so good. He's so talented. Well, I think it was this match against uh, Pac, at the AEW pay-per-view, everyone thought all Orange was was just a lazy, barely kicks you guy. But then once he, uh, I don't know how he transitions from being lazy to just going off the rails. But whenever he flips that switch, he just, he can go. He's literally one of my favorites to watch. Not just because of how entertaining he is, but how fucking good he is in the ring. Yeah, it's unbelievable how he can just turn the, turn it on and just fucking kill it. And it, it, what's also insane to me is how, like, I don't want to say how much little effort he puts in, because he puts in a lot of effort, I'm sure. But the fact that, like, he can do all of his shit with his hands in his pockets, that's fucking crazy to me, too. That's insane how athletic that dude is. That, uh, the hip-up he does with his hands in his pocket and the suicide dive was yeah. in his pocket are, like, two of the most, like, those has those have to be hard because I know people that can't even do a normal kip up and he's doing it with his hands in his pocket and I know people yeah. that die that like yeah I can't do I can't do a fucking kip up with uh without I can't do it at all so yeah I fucking struggle yeah that, and the dives too yeah absolutely it's crazy it's it's amazing I'm glad AEW picked him up um but I was talking a little bit about the anarchy at there um what's that like for a performer. Because I know, like, being in the crowd, it's something else. And I just get goosebumps goosebumps being in the crowd. But how uh, does it feel when you walk out that curtain? Anarchy is by far my favorite place. Um, and with, like, so I kind of toned down my wrestling schedule. Uh, so I don't wrestle very often or not nearly as much as I did. And I... But I always made sure Anarchy was – I always had Anarchy on it. I, I, if I were to – like, right now, I just do solely Anarchy. That's it. And that's just because I just like Anarchy. It's like – that's what I enjoy doing. The atmosphere, the fans, uh, Jackson, like the promoter, just everyone there, it's my favorite place to be. So, are you more so doing uh, professional wrestling as, like, a personal hobby rather than wanting to make it a career? So, when I first started, um, I was like, this is definitely what I'm going to pursue as a career. And then, I don't know, like, the more I got into it and I started traveling and I was around different people, um, it became more of like not necessarily a job but like I was losing that passion that I that I had before and I had like a bunch of shit that I was that like personal shit that I was going through and like mental shit so I was like I gotta choose one and so I just took a step back from wrestling um and I focused on myself and I'm still focusing on myself I don't think I want to pursue wrestling as a career anymore. Um, 
at least not like I once did. Um, so I'm definitely doing it just now as like a, you know, a fucking something if I don't have a fucking Saturday or whatever. Yeah. I'll, I'll always do, I think I'll do anarchy until I like that. I'm just like, all right, I'm done with wrestling as a whole. But I'll always do anarchy. Anarchy is for sure a place. I think once I quit doing anarchy, I'll just quit altogether. That's how I, that's how I, what I've always told myself. Once I'm we, done with anarchy, I'm done with wrestling. But even when you're done wrestling, you can still stay in anarchy as like the pre-show host. Because you've yeah. been doing it with those with the, uh, you hosted a rap battle, I believe. Yeah. It, Me and, uh, uh, dunk contests. Uh, yeah. A little shit. Yeah. They seem to knock it out the park with. So, like, even if, like, professional wrestling, like, actually in-ring isn't going to be something you do for a lot longer or whatever, you'll always have, like, anarchy to do the pre-shows. You could even, like, I, I don't know if you've done commentary, but I feel like you'd be entertaining on the commentary table or even just being a manager, even. Something to where you don't have to be as active. Yeah, yeah. I, I Man, I don't know. I, I've thought about it a lot. And my mind just, bro, I'm fucking all over the place. My mind is, I'm constantly flip-flopping. And that's just the type of person I am. I'm fucking constantly flip-flopping. So, like, today, right now, I'm like, oh, I just want to do fucking anarchy. And then fucking tomorrow, I could see something on the fucking internet or Twitter or some bullshit that involves wrestling. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I want to fucking pursue wrestling again. I just fucking flip flop so much. I don't even know. I'm. I don't know what I want. I. I don't even know what I want, man. I'm fucking all over the place. So, how did these uh, pre-shows come along? Did you? Is that something that Jackson came up to you about, or did you pitch the idea, or what? Like the ideas for them, I should say. So, Not this, well, really pre-event. So the ideas, yeah, it's definitely like. So Jackson will have some ideas. I'll have some ideas. Um, the dunk contest was my idea. The rap battle was Jackson's idea. And then, like, when we were really doing them, we would just, like, vox or text each other and be like, hey, I have this idea. What do you think about this? But that's all that is. It's just me and him just going back and forth, like, hey, what do you want to – what should I do for this? Or, hey, I have this idea. I want to do this for the pre-show party. So that's all that is, just a quick – text Vox and and we get it fucking hammered out in like five minutes so speaking of anarchy you're gonna be in that uh spirit of spalding hall tournament oh, yeah. yep who are you, who are you most looking forward to facing in your block and if you were to win your block who are you most looking forward to facing on the other side Ooh. um there are a few guys i'm looking i mean I'm looking forward to facing everyone, but I guess if I had to pick, probably, probably Cole Radrick. Um, he, uh, I feel like he's super underrated. He's definitely he's fucking really talented, and I feel like he and I could really tear it up. Um, maybe Yehai too. I was about to say, I was looking at the brackets earlier, or like the blocks earlier, and you and Radrick would be really good. He's somebody I've been following for a while. But then Yehai, that match, I feel like he's on top of everybody's list. So everyone in that block's lucky to even get a chance with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. I mean, like I said, everyone, like Gary, I've, I've wrestled Gary a few times, but I've never wrestled Anarchy Gary. I feel like Anarchy Gary is different from the Gary oh. I wrestled. Oh, absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to that. Vega, uh, Shire, like I said, everyone. But yeah, I, if I had to pick, it, it'd probably be either uh, Radrick or Yehi. And then if I wanted someone from Block B, either. Fitchit or uh, probably Fitchit. Fitchit or Wyatt. All right. I I, that, I know Fitchit is fucking. I mean Fitchit. I don't need to fucking sing any of these guys' praise, but Fitchit and Vega are my two favorites. 
Like, I love them. I think they're so fucking good. And then Wyatt, I mean, he's real good, obviously. He's fucking – he should be everywhere. And plus the the matches aren't in his favor. They're not the pure wrestling rules either. That's going to be real fun yeah. to see how he does outside of pure wrestling. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting. Because I've seen his uh, – that Iron Man match with Yehi, and that match was amazing. Fucking so I can't – one I can't wait the, to... Dude, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. And I I don't like to watch good matches. I like to watch when I watch wrestling, I like to like be entertained. So sometimes I like to watch like shitty matches. But yeah. that match was legit one of the best matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, when I turned that match on, and like no disrespect to them, but I listen to wrestling when I go to bed. Uh-huh. So I'm not I wasn't I'm not saying this match I was expecting this match to put me to sleep or anything. But like when I turned that match on, I was gonna use it for background noise and listen to the commentary because that's what I do. I like listen to commentary and take notes on that. Yeah. But it felt like every like couple minutes I kept on turning around just staring at the TV and then I was like, fuck it, I have to watch this match. Like everything in that match from like bell to bell, it was like on fire from the first minute to the last minute. Yeah, they were fucking. There is not a, and it didn't feel like an hour either. It felt, no. it felt like it was fucking. Didn't even feel like thirty minutes. It felt like a fucking regular match. The time flew. It flew by. So that's what also I think made it so fucking good. Is it held my? It, I paid attention the entire time, and I usually can't do that. But I paid the attention the entire time. That was such a fucking good match. They both did a phenomenal job. The commentary was really good, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Orleans, Sean, the final couple minutes where he was uh, screaming at the audience, uh, pull out your fucking wallets and donate now. Like, he was going nuts for that. Yeah. And that's in a good com, a bad commentary can ruin a good match, but good commentary in a good match can make a match amazing. And that's what they Couldn't agree more. And I don't like Iron Man matches usually. They're boring to me. Just I don't want to watch two guys wrestle for an hour. But then they proved me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard, especially nowadays, to keep someone's attention for an hour. For, fuck it. Keep someone's attention for 30 minutes, let alone an hour of just wrestling. But they did a phenomenal job. It did not feel like an hour. They fucking crushed it. People can say what they want about Wyatt, about how he can be an ass to people on Twitter and all that. But when he gets in that ring, he he earns the right to be an asshole to people sometimes. Just oh yeah, the fact that he knocked off um he uh beat um what's his face Nick Gage mm-hmm. in Nick Gage's type of fucking match that shows something. Like I I just don't get why I'm not seeing Wyatt everywhere. And like I'm yeah. grateful that I get to see him once or twice a month in Spalding Hole, but yeah, he definitely should be everywhere. He does not get a, enough credit for how good he is. I would really love to turn on IWTV and just see him wrestling in all these other locations, just so people around like other areas can see him. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, it's a shame. It really is. It it sucks because like he he deserves it. But, uh, yeah, selfishly, you know, it, it's okay for fans because I get to see them. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but now I'm going to ask a few non-wrestling questions. Uh, why do you send or what inspired you to send a tweet the guy every night and every morning? <laughs> Guy's a fucking man. Guy is Guy Fiari is that's the fucking guy because he's he is if there were one person that I would want to meet it would be Russell Westbrook but right behind Westbrook it would be Guy Fiari and that's saying a lot because I love Westbrook but Guy Fiari he gets a lot of hate for no reason man that dude. I don't know if you watch his shows, but they're fucking great. His cooking, 
his fucking style, the swagger that that dude has, I don't know how anybody could hate on Guy Fieri. Maybe we should get him to come into Anarchy for a pre-show to have a cook-off and see if he can cook I've, better pizza than Sporting Hall. I've tried. I've emailed that man. I probably have a restraining order. He probably <laughs> has a restraining order against me. But what? I've tried to hit that man up so many times. I've seen that he... uh. He quoted your teat one night and said goodnight, Everett. And I just remember, like, I was like, holy shit. I felt like uh, I felt like Jim Ross whenever he said, the boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. And that's how I oh, felt. Yeah, like yeah uh, man, I was feeling it that night. I was I was feeling it. I can't remember if it was a good night or a good morning. But whichever one it was, I just, I, if it was at night, I had the best sleep. I had the best. Damn, like, it, was, it was great. I still have that. It is in my phone. I will never forget that. <laughs> and then, so what's your favorite t- uh, TV show to watch in your free time? So, like, if you have nothing to do and you're just sitting around the house, what show do you turn on? Um, probably either one of Guy's cooking shows. Or Impractical Jokers. I fucks heavy. I fucks with Impractical Jokers heavy. It's a very good show. I think it's fucking hilarious. All those guys are. I don't know how they get away with the stuff they do anymore. Like, I feel like I don't know their names, but I know their faces. If one of them came up to me trying to pull one of their little stunts on me, I'd be like, All right, yeah. where's the fucking camera crew at? Knock it off. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Um, I have, like. Like, I watch it so much. I have, like, buddies who constantly ask me that. Like, why the hell do you watch this? Like, none of this shit is... They don't think it's funny because they do the same shit over again, over and over again. And they're like, people have to recognize them, which is probably the case, which is true. Most people have to recognize who they are, but I still find it funny as hell. I think all of them, Sal, Joe, Murr, and Q, top Bro, I got them on the top of my head. I know these guys. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then I have one more question before I move on to a, a new segment that I'm going to introduce. If you okay. if you could redo one moment in your life, what would it be and why? Man, that's a heavy question. I like to... Um, probably... Jeez, if I could redo one moment in my life, um, I would say probably go to class and have to show up in the parking lot and just sit in my car. <laughs> all right, all right, that's fair enough. Yeah. So this new segment, what I do is, you're the first one to participate in it. I find random news stories. And I try to find like funny or odd ones just for to get your guys' reaction. Uh, okay. So this one is this was posted on June thirtieth, and it says ESPN's Stephen A. Smith doesn't doesn't think NBA players can go months without sex, and his quote for it is: "Do we really think?" the recreational activities that these guys are accustomed to are going to be compromised for three months. I mean, somebody's got to say it. You really, really think somebody's going to be without their wives or their women. These guys that are married without their wives, these guys that ain't married without their women, you really, really think they're honoring a bubble for three months. I agree. I think he's kind of right. I mean, he's got a point that although I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's a weird thing to say, but yeah, I guess I kind of agree. I mean, um, they're so accustomed to that life, you know, and then they've got to be in a fucking bubble for three months. That's fucking crazy. That's, that's crazy. From no contact, just the, their teammates and shit. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. It's almost like prison in a way. With more like freedom, obviously, but yeah, I was, I wouldn't, I don't know if I was compared to prison with the amount of shit that these guys are getting. 
But I get what you're saying. Yes, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Get what you're saying. I'd rather go to the bubble than prison. Yeah, I, well, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but what I found out from the article is, like, the quotes he was saying, it kind of sounded like he was, like, saying he thinks these guys are going to cheat on their wives and stuff. He said, you don't, you think they're going to go without their wives for three months? I, I don't know what he was implying there, but from what I've heard, yeah. A. Smith, I hear he makes these wacky comments all the time, and now I have to be on the lookout for them. Bro, Stephen A. Smith, though, is a fucking man. I love that dude. I That dude's great. So him and Skip Bayless are two of my favorite news re- like sports reporters. Just bro, just I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off because fuck Skip Bayless, dog. Skip Bayless is ass. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off because I don't want to be rude. Which that was probably very rude of what I just said to cut you off like that. <laughs> but fuck Skip Bayless, dog. That dude is straight shit. I can't stand that man, bro. The only reason I say that, though, is because I don't follow sports nearly as much as I do, like, wrestling and shit. So whenever uh-huh. I see him, like, make all these hot takes and I see all my friends on Facebook and Twitter and all that just go absolutely wild over him. And they're like, why the fuck? What is he a fucking dumbest? I, I love that stuff because I don't follow it, so I don't have an opinion on it. But just watching everybody get all fluster- flustered over somebody opinion is just hilarious to me bro yeah i understand where your friends are coming from (laughs) half the shit that man says gets me fucking going it pisses me off to where like i like to where i want to fight but i can't fight because one i've never been in a fight but if i were to fight i would fight someone because of what skip bayless said and i know that's fucking drastic and that's like wow what the fuck but that's how crazy that man is and the shit he says. It's off the wall. That's exactly how he's just fucking crazy. That dude gets me fucking going. <laughs> so what you're saying is, if you could fight one person in the world, it would be Skip Bayless? Well, well, okay. Maybe not because he's probably, he looks like he's in shape. <laughs> So probably someone, if I had to pick, I would fight someone, but I would have to pick the person, and they would have to be smaller than me. Preferably like, preferably like, I don't know, fucking, I don't know, a 15-year-old or something. Someone who doesn't know how to fight. Someone who doesn't know how to fight. If you fought a 15-year-old, that's assault on a minor, bro. Yeah, bro, but it's a victory. An easy W. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going in. I'm going into prison with an easy dub. That's already fucking. I already got a uh, my name. People are gonna be fucking scared that I got an easy dub victory. <laughs> so here's a question. Also, I see this question asked a lot. Would you rather fight um a bunch of ten year olds or just one sixteen year old? Like a wave of ten year olds, like ten or fifteen ten year olds. Or just one, like, 16-year-old that plays, like, hockey or something. I don't know. Oh, oh all right. So, if I'm – okay. So, a wave of 10-year-olds, how, like, do the 10-year-olds – 10-year-olds are – Are they all, like, the same? Yeah, they're like, just your typical shithead 10-year-olds. Okay. And then the 16-year-old, he's an athlete. Yeah, he's a hockey player. Okay. Does he know how to fight? Uh, so he knows how to hockey fight. He knows how to pull on jerseys and fight on skates, but he doesn't know how to fight with his feet on the ground. Only if he's skating. All right, I'm going ten year olds, and because one, it's more impressive that I can beat up more people at you know once. Like if they're all coming at the same time, and I come out you know unscathed and I'm fucking on top, that's pretty dope. You know, no matter what age. Uh, the 16 year old, that's too risky. I could, I'm pretty sure I can knock him out though. I'm not, I, I never want to doubt myself. I never do. So I, I'm pretty sure I could probably a clean, clean hit to the jaw. That dude's, that dude's down, but yeah, give me the 10 year olds. The 10 year olds? 
Yeah, give me give me the wave of ten year olds. And then that also comes into effect that when you go into prison, you'll have even more street cred because you beat up more people. Exactly. So you have to go in there on top. Exactly. And they don't got to know the age of the people, you know? Yeah. All they know is minor. It could have been a 17 year old. Like, exactly. It would be. In my story, it would be. So if you, I would lie to them. So if you went into prison, you'd lie about why you're in there? Oh, Oh, yeah. If I got if I go to prison for beating up a minor, I'm a hundred percent lying. I'm like, I always consider like in the longest. You remember the longest yard? Uh, I assume you've seen the longest yard. Yeah. The one with fucking it, Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like they were in that scene, and like Chris Rock had like that half a star. They were like fucking looking up like people to join the football team. And they were like, oh, we got to have, like, more fucking badasses. And so they went on the computer and looked up everybody's, like, fucking star rating of how fucking dangerous they were. And Chris Rock's character had, like, half a star. That's how I would be in prison. I just, I, I'm not built for prison. I'm not built for fighting. I'm not, I'm, I was built to read, but I can't read. That, that's how I was built. I was not a I was not a fighter. I'm not a fighter. I'm not a reader, unfortunately. So, uh, if I went to prison, I a thousand percent would lie as to why I'm in there. A thousand percent. Okay. All right. That's crazy that I would. It's crazy that you would even think that I would tell the truth at that. I thought you were an honest man. You, I am. I am, but not in prison. Oh. That's crazy. So I'm, all morals go out the window when you're in prison. No, just telling the truth. Okay. Everything else is just, everything else. I'm still me. I'm still I'm still honest and wholesome, and cute. But once I go to prison, the truth has to go out. Yeah. At least that's yeah. why I'm in there. Everything else, I tell the truth. Yeah, like your last day as you're leaving, you just drop the bomb on them and tell them what really happened, and then you. I don't yeah. know how the leaving prison situation is. I've never been in prison, so I've never had to like leave. I don't know if it's you literally say bye yeah. to your friends and walk out, or yeah, I don't know either. I've never been, and hopefully, I never go. So, uh, one more question before we get to the fan asked ones. The fan asked questions: If you were in prison, would you put me down as a visitor? Would you let me be one of your visitors? Yeah, if you can't, you know, like bring shit in for me, like um. I don't know, fucking smuggle some fucking shit in for me. All right, yeah. Just what if I need, like, um, I don't know, a fucking shank or something. Shank? Well, that's too dangerous. Yeah, I don't want to say shank. That's too much. What if I need, like, fucking, I don't know, a pack of ramen noodles, but I don't have the money to buy ramen noodles. And I was like, hey, can I get five bucks? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't bring you food. I would just give you money to put in your account there. Um, yeah, exactly. I would appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can be a visitor. All right, cool. Absolutely. Um, so now a couple fan asked questions. Uh, Ste Emily eighty six Sean, he asked, "Who's the best dunk artist in Anarchy, and why is it Sean Orleans?" It's definitely not Sean Orleans. That is a hundred percent not the case. Sean isn't even close. Sean isn't even fucking second. He's not third. He's not fourth. I am. I'm the best dunker. That's, and that was proven at the fucking last show when I dunked on his ass. Well, not literally on him, but I fucking beat him in the contest. He did the same. First of all, he did the same three shit dunks. All right, and then, and then fucking Raul, his fucking dumbass, was just giving him scores just out willy nilly, like. It shouldn't even have counted because Raul can't count. And on top of that, he told me before we went that Sean paid him off. I swear, I wouldn't lie. Sean paid him off. And that's why Sean got the better score. So, Sean isn't a better dunker. He's not a better dunk artist. He's just an ass. That's what Sean is. He's an ass. So, if the 2K developers, they came to one of your guys' games, what do you think? your and Sean's overalls would be for NBA 2K. If they wanted... That is a great question. 
I would easily, and, and no cap, no fucking lie, I'd probably be in like the 80s. I don't want to overhype myself, but I would be I would be high 80s. All right. I would be high 80s. Sean Sean would be probably Sean would probably be like 10. 10? Yeah, yeah. Sean would probably be 10. He uh his jumping just isn't there. His shot isn't there. His um passing isn't there. His uh his playmaking abilities are not there. His stealing isn't there. His blocking isn't. His rebounding is not there. There's a lot of things that Sean um, is missing. So, so Sean would be a ten. I'd probably I'd be a high eighty. So what would Sean? What is Sean good at at basketball? The fucking being a body, just standing there in the way of people so they don't get to me. Does he do that on accident or intentional? Yeah, absolutely on accident. I fucking dribble around him. And then he gets in my way sometimes because he doesn't know. And then I get upset. And then I'm the bad guy because I want to win. And then I freak out. I don't freak out, but I get a little upset. I just want to win. And Sean, I feel like Sean doesn't want to win as bad as I do. And I think that's what it is. Sean just doesn't have that drive of wanting to win while we play pickup basketball at the park on a Sunday morning or something. He doesn't take this serious as I do. He doesn't come dressed in pregame fit or do fake interviews before the game or warm up or pretend it's game seven of the NBA finals. He doesn't get that mindset. I do. And that's why I would be a high 80 and he'd be a 10. All right. All right. Now you – I think you just sold me on wanting to see you and Sean in Block A now. Um, Shit, I if if Block A if uh, Sean and I obviously are going at it in Block A, but if that were a fucking basketball game, that would be the quickest game ever. If if there were a way to make that fucking match a basketball game instead, that would be the easiest win I ever get in my life. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not good at basketball, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit on Sean. And plus, I, I want him on the podcast in the future. So, yeah, I'll, sh- I'll shit on him after I have him on. Maybe uh, shit on him while he's on there. Tell him I think he's a fucking. He needs to get his ass his act together while we're playing basketball. I'll make sure to let him know if I ever have him on. All right. Um. Anyways, Berserker T and at Yeezy Khan. Both asked, why are you so adorable? That's a good question. I don't know. I was just blessed. I don't know. You know, that's something to ask the big man about. You know, that's something I ask him every night. You know, before I go to bed, I do a little bit of Bible study and I ask him, I pray, hey, why am I like this? You know, so uh, two great questions from two, um, I'm sure, adorable people. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, So your bedtime ritual is send out a tweet to guy and mm-hmm. then pray and then just go to bed uh well it it's it's brushing teeth washing face um send the guy tweet um tucking lottie in and then doing a bit of bible study before i hit the sack yeah you know maybe pray a little bit uh, but yeah, that that that's that's pretty much it. I'm a simple man. A simple man. All right. Um, and then at Clint Hargrave asked, "What was your reaction to Pretty Reckless?" Oh man. Um. Well, at first, it was a. Uh, kind of difficult to get i mean it was always difficult to handle because it was fucking i never liked it i never liked the the gimmick idea or anything because i didn't even know what the fuck pretty reckless was i didn't do anything reckless i i didn't know what it was i was told that i had to change my character or i had to be more serious if i wanted to be taken serious if i wanted to get booked somewhere so like i remember being told um 
that a promoter in Chicago once referred to me as like t-shirt kid because I wore that quilted, I wore a quilted hoodie and I came to the ring with a Justin Bieber uh, cardboard cutout. And I tried to resemble that cutout as much as I could because that gimmick was supposed to be like me idolizing Bieber. And then later on, I would turn into a pop star. So I wrestled in the hoodie for drip, obviously, because drip is important. Fashion is important. And then the, like, when I was doing Glory Pro, they were like, yeah, you can't do that. We don't want you doing that Bieber shit. And I was like, well, okay. And then um, that's when the, when someone told me like, yeah, you know, I referred to you or I referred to someone in Chicago about you and told, told them they should book you. And they referred to you as, oh, t-shirt kid. And then I was like, well, fuck, then I guess I have to be like more serious. And then, so I was told like, hey, you got a week, think of something. And then I was trying to think of ideas. And I hit Sean up because Sean's pretty creative. And he's clever with names or ideas. So he and I were just kind of throwing ideas around. And he came up with pretty reckless. And I was like, well, I guess that sounds decent enough. So I ran it by the fucking guy. And he's like, yeah, that works. And so I had to get new gear. And it it just, it's fucking blue. I hated my time. It's pretty reckless. I still have the gear, though. Yeah. Um. And then one last question before we wrap this up. If Kyle was listening, what do you have to say to him? Fuck Kyle. Fuck Kyle and fuck Katie. And and you know what? Now look let me let me tell this story on air. So people understand my pain. Fifth grade. Alright, just young Connor in class. Miss Poindexter's class. That was her name. It was at Baldwin. And I see this beautiful young girl, Katie. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to ask her out. And because every dude had a crush on her. But I was like, oh, I'm going to be the one to ask her out. So I I was like, well, I'm going to be creative with it. So I went home after I knew I was going to ask her out. And I wrote a note. And that note, every letter was a different colored marker. I put time into this. And so before, I don't know if we were going to recess or lunch, but before I left that classroom, I snuck that note into her desk. Okay? Yeah. So we get back, and she fucking finds a note. It's in her little cubby, and she finds it, and she reads it. And I see her reading it. And I see her see me seeing her reading it. And then... I look away because I'm nervous and she like, she doesn't freak out, but she like makes a big deal. It's like, Oh, I don't know who did this, but every boy has told me they like me. And then it's never true. Yada, yada, yada. And my heart like started racing. And I was, uh, I was about to say something, but I was too big of a pussy to say something in front of the whole class. Cause one, I was in fifth grade and that's just awkward. So, Miss Poindexter, lucky enough, or at least I thought, picked me, Katie, and Kyle. We had to go out in the hallway and put up pictures on the wall because parent-teacher conferences were that, like, at the end of the week or the beginning of next. So, when the parents came, they they saw our drawings. So, or artwork or whatever the fuck. So, we were, the three of us were out there putting this shit up. And then as I was about, I was building up the courage to say something to Katie. And as I was about to, I swear, it's like a fucking movie. This bitch, Kyle, this dude, this liar, this fucking fibber said, oh, Katie, I just want you to know, I wrote that. And I swear, Katie said, without missing a fucking beat, I was hoping. And I'll tell you what, I tell you what. I have never been so fucking embarrassed and heartbroken. And I wanted to say, you know what, Katie, he didn't write that. 
But I was just so dumbfounded and shocked that he would lie like that. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And on top of that, Kate, Kyle is cousins with my cousin's husband. My cousin is married to Kyle's fucking cousin. It's crazy. How nuts is that? So I see that bitch every now and then. But like you said earlier, you're not a fighter, so that's the only reason you're Exactly. Exactly. So what do I do? I fucking just yell at him? No, I don't know what to do. So does he know that you're really the one that wrote the note? No. Well, he does now because we're going to get this out to him. Uh, so Kyle or Katie both don't know you wrote that note. Neither. No one. Except you and everyone else on Twitter that I told. Wow. Um, it's kind of like that. It's actually nothing like that Jersey Shore episode was to note because there was no cat fights or anything. Uh, and it took a couple of weeks for them to find out who wrote the note. I wish that's how it played yeah. out. I wish it was one day at recess, Katie started screaming, who wrote the fucking note? And then <laughs> you and Kyle start arguing, and then you stomp his head in the ground to show dominance. And then I wish Katie was on the podcast with you right now, basically. Uh, yeah, no, I don't want either of them. The fact that Kyle would lie like that, that's what shocks me the most. I was dumbfounded. I was absolutely flabbergasted. And that's a big word for me. I don't like to use big words, but flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted at the fact that that man just straight up lied like that. That was crazy. I was, I, I couldn't believe it. I went home. I don't think I cried, but I, I was, that was pretty shocking. If you, both. if you did cry, it's okay to say it. I won't judge you. And if anyone judges you, I'll block them. It would, it would, but I would hope they understand why I cried. Well, I almost, was, I almost cried when you were telling the story. It, it cut yeah, my it was, heart. Yeah, it is insane. It is intense, especially because, like, as I was about to say it, I swear it was like a movie. As I was about to say it, that dude like interrupted me, and just came out and like, like it was nothing. I've never seen someone lie so easily. That dude is a, a professional at it. Something kind, not similar. I need to quit saying stuff similar to shit. Um, in fifth grade, I actually wrote a note to a girl before. Um, but instead of like wondering who it was or any of that, she called me out in the middle of class right after lunch. She said, oh. she said, Jake, I know it's you. I don't like you. And I said, okay. And I, I'm proud to announce I did cry. Um, but it built me to the end today. Good God. She called you out just like that? Yeah, she said, Jake, I know you wrote this. I think she was throwing a jab at my shitty handwriting. Uh, uh-huh. And said, I know you wrote this. I don't like you back. And then, yeah. Jeez. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like uh, middle school or anything. It was fifth grade. I had to sit in the same classroom with her with her every day for the rest of the school year. Thankfully, it was towards the end of the year, so I only had to deal with her for another month. But, yeah. Yeah, that would have broke me. Yeah. That would have fucking destroyed me. Especially because, like, I don't know, like, for me, I have, first of all, I already have a tough time with, like, girls. So, well, I guess that wouldn't have killed me as much in fifth grade because I was just trying to, you know, fucking figure it out like the rest of us. But, yeah, man, that, that would have fucking destroyed me. I would have been like, okay, fucking bitch. Like, relax. Yeah. Like, jeez. I guess I understand it's fifth grade. She could have pulled me to the damn. side or something. She what? She could have pulled me to the side and been like, hey, Jake, I got your note. I don't like you. Yeah, that would have. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are cruel, man. Kids are fucking cruel. They really are. They are brutal. They don't give a fuck about your feelings. Kids are the worst. No, they really are. My uh, little cousin, she comes over every few weeks because we watch her. And she's only, she said this when she was only uh, two years old, I believe, or three years old. And she said, how old are you, Jacob? And I said, well, I think I was like 20 at the time, 19 or 20. And I was like, well, I'm 19 years old. And she said, oh, well, if you're a grown-up, why do you still live with – 
your parents. And, and like, I knew she was a little kid and I knew she didn't mean anything harmful from it, but yeah, if I had to, like, if you gave me the choice to fight like 10 year olds or two year olds, it'd probably be two year olds. Yeah, that's an easy victory too. So that's understandable, especially after a comment like that. Like then I would just, I would just assume every two year old has that same thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, man, kids, kids are way worse than I think anybody. And that's because, like, they know, they don't know what the fuck they're saying, so they just say whatever. But, like, and you know they know, like, you know that they don't know what they're saying, but still, that shit is a fucking dagger right in the heart. Yeah. Uh, but one last thing before I wrap this up, uh, there's two things that I want to do after COVID and that's one beat your ass and horse and two go to anarchy again. And then mean you can get that triple H and new champion picture where like you're shaking my hand and pointing at me. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that would get me a lot of likes on social media. And, yeah, absolutely. But, and it'd probably benefit you too. Yeah. Yeah. With absolutely. You know, I would, First of all, the, the horse thing, that's not going to happen. You're not going to beat me, but we can absolutely do that at some point, 100%. I mean, you're not going to beat me, though. But we can absolutely, Triple H pick, we can absolutely get that done, yeah. The the likes, I, I'd get more likes because you're in it, though, you know? Like, that's what I mean. People are like, oh, Jake, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I get, I, that's what I'm saying, because you know, you already know, like, oh, there's that, there's Jake, and who the fuck is that? Oh, well, there's Jake. I'm going to like this picture. Yeah. They won't even look at the Twitter handle of who posted it. They would just assume I posted it and just see me and say, oh, shit, that's the podcast guy. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what I'm looking for. Like, I don't give a fuck, you know. I, as long as it gets a lot of likes, you know, even if it's for you, I'm going to chalk them up for likes for me, you know, because I'm in the picture too. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll chalk them up to half and half. We'll combine the total of them. So if you get like 12 and I get 12, then we both got 24. Yeah, that's great math. That's fucking stupendous math. You did you, you graduated high school, huh? Uh, barely, barely. Oh, well, you, that math tells me differently. Did you graduate high school? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, I did. Fucking... High school. I liked high school. High school was fun. I didn't really. I did have girl problems, but I definitely did. I think we all did. Uh, yeah. But that's gonna wrap this up. Just let the people know where they can uh, find you at on social medias, and yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at EasyCon Y E E Z Y C O N. Um, that's it. I don't have an Instagram or anything. Um. And don't add me on Facebook. I don't want anybody adding me on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Your Facebook's kind of bland, so. I'm, Fuck you. I, I'm still your friend on there. That's all that matters. That's raw. That's right. But, I got Jake, and that's all that matters. Man, the the podcast man. That's yeah, all I got the podcast man, the podcast myth, the podcast legend. Your boys. There you go. Uh, but thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I'll have you on again, and we can just talk more shit. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great, man. I had a lot of fun. All right, well, have a good night and good luck in the spirit of Spalding. Thanks, man. You have a good night, too.